What happens when your work life gets upended? It's devastating, no doubt, but maybe you've been kicked in the head by a golden horseshoe and a setback becomes an opportunity. Today, I'll be talking with Dave Smithy, a former engineer who now runs an outdoor adventure company. I'm Rob Webster, and Custer Road United Methodist Church presents episode 18 of The Story That Writes Us. I had a wonderful conversation with my friend Dave Smithy. He and his dog Penny were able to join me at the studio we have in the church building for a conversation about where his life has taken him. Today, he gets to see a lot of the world, and he was very honest about how it has challenged him regarding some aspects of his faith. We also talk about how our physical bodies and how the depletion of them can put us in a place of spiritual openness. But before I get into all that, I asked Dave just to tell me his story of how he arrived here. We'll start with that and then get into the interview. My background is in engineering and then really got into operations side of business, so manufacturing and distribution. And I did that in a couple of different spaces, mostly building products type things um, and heat, heat exchanger products. And those were incredible years. It was, I guess my career started in 1999 and you know, I did 20 something years doing that things that I'm proud of, building uh, factories in, in Mexico, uh, growing factories in the U.S., distribution networks, all kinds of fun stuff. So I was on the corporate treadmill, doing my thing, having a lot of fun. Um, but I'll say that somewhere in the late teens, early 20s, so around 2018, 2019, um, you know, the corporate treadmill kind of turned into a dreadmill. I was not enjoying it. Um, I need to take the blame for a couple bad career choices, um, jobs I took that in retrospect shouldn't have. I mean, I think there's the old saying of, uh, you should always be running towards something rather than running away from something. Uh, I was running away from things and just jumping to, to what would work. Um, and so the corporate treadmill was definitely not uh, enjoyable anymore in 2020. Uh, we're in the height of COVID. Um, I came off the corporate treadmill. I don't want to portray that like, you know, when you're on a treadmill and you, you know, grab the sides and you put one foot to the left and one foot to the right. No, it was more like when it's going too fast and you go flying off the back and you're not expecting it. Um, so that was a big uh, surprise and a life event that, you know, just uh, was a curveball. It was very hard personally. Um, my wife, Julie, and my girls, uh, Lucy and Zoe, uh, are an incredible support system. Um, but it was it was hard on them because it was hard on me. You know, it was just part of the family dynamics. And, um, so I was, you know, doing the proverbial sitting on the couch in my slippers <laughs> in my robe, you know, with a cup of coffee at 10 a.m., uh, you know, because what else are you going to do when you're um, not working anymore? Uh, and I've always said, I had always said that the if I could do anything, I'd want friends to pay me to plan and go on their vacations with them. I was like, 
that would be ideal. Go cool places, you know, really cool things. And of course, with friends and have a good time. And, you know, uh, and so that is really what became Top Out Adventures. We're an adventure travel company, uh, and we have trips in Colorado and Big Bend and Mexico and Nepal. And it really is friends' trips. It's really about going out and taking places, people to places that we love to be at yeah. anyways. Um, our trips are f- all-inclusive. We plan everything. We sweat the details um, so people can show up and have a good time. I was going to say, before you Please, get too you far know. in, these are, these are not... Um, an all-inclusive resort in Cancun. When no, you say you're planning you. vacations for people, you're you're planning adventures. And and yes. I know from uh, some of the trips I know you've done, um, yeah, some of them are 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 kind of easy for beginners. But you you do some like mountain climbing in Nepal is you know not yeah. for the faint of heart. So you're yeah, you're an outdoor adventure enthusiast. I think is that a fair statement? Uh, outdoor adventure enthusiast would definitely be. <laughs> Uh, a good description of me <laughs> and uh, and pretty much anybody who wants to go on our trips. And they do, they range. We got a little top out scale you can see on our website, uh-huh. one to four mountains uh, that each one's rated. Big Bend is probably our, um, we call it our gateway drug. You know, That's so funny. that is, so when I say all inclusive, we went to house, um, we, ha- we bring the team, we have chefs that are, uh, the good news is I'm only allowed to wash dishes. <laughs> so they don't let you they don't anywhere, near the kitchen. anywhere near the food. That's uh, and but we have chefs that are incredible and, you know, feeding people is their love language. So they're just excited about uh, fueling the adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, and we stay in a nice house. Uh, so there's a communal aspect to that. You know, you're sharing, you have your own room or with your partner, whoever you came with, but then you're sharing common space and you're sitting around a table eating family style. And so you may come with one or two people, uh, but then there's another three, four or five people that you don't know at the beginning of the trip. But, you know, by the end of the trip, your family, giving, your family, giving each other a hard time, laughing. You get inside jokes. You're exchanging information. You're talking about the next trip you're going to do together. Um, so that's the all inclusive part. Uh, Big Bend is, you know, the gateway drug with a few hike, a hike each couple of days. Um, we go out into Big Bend National Park. We spend four to six hours hiking. Uh, after that, I would say is either Colorado or Nepal. Um, they're both mainly hiking trips. Uh, Nepal is definitely hiking uh, and we're trekking uh, six to eight hours a day, staying at tea houses, but we're at 10,000, 12,000 feet elevation. So that's part of it. Colorado is, again, we stay in Leadville at a beautiful house, uh, but it's 10 to 14,000 feet we're hiking at. So, you know, you got to be in shape, but we hike and we do have some uh, nutcases like myself who want to run and we will We'll go fast with them if they want to. Um, and then Mexico is true trail running. Uh, it's sky running, which is more than 70% with a 30% grade or higher. So we get to go into the Sierra Madre Mountains and do some oh my cool vert and some Via Ferrata stuff. And you consider this fun. Let me just... Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how can it not be fun when you're holding on to a steel, rusted steel cable uh, in Mexico right. and you got nothing but air behind you. Uh, that's, that's 
that's fun. Yeah. That's awesome. There was a, there's a mountain peak on the border of Slovakia and Poland um, mm -hmm. called Mount Risi. One, one summer, a group had said, yeah, we're going we're gonna to hike this mountain. And it was the most grueling day of my life. Yeah. And um, but they've got a little um, snack shack up at the top. And this Slovak guy came and he had bottles full of drinks, like stacked, you know, three oh, yeah. high on, <laughs> yeah. a, on a backpack, uh, this custom made backpack. Rig, and he comes jogging past all of us mm -hmm. as we're barely um, scrambling up to the top. And it was such a torturous day. I swore I'd never do it again. And then two summers later, uh, I did it again. I'm like, yeah, maybe it wasn't that bad. It was that bad. And I'm like, I this is I'm. Glad I did it once, but yes. uh, but I, I say I respect you, and uh, but there is a certain fun and a certain challenge uh, to to all of that. I'm I'm sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, uh, I was in Nepal. Uh, it was my first trip. We'd gone over Larke Pass, and we're at sixteen thousand feet. Um, when we got to the north side, and if you know mountains, the north face is usually the less sun side, so it got icy. So I'm getting out my Catula micro spikes. And I'm, you know, huffing and puffing. I mean, you know, everything's hard. It's hard to breathe. And I'm not very flexible. So I'm like wrestling these things onto my shoes. And I, so I'm head down, snow, my feet are in the snow. I'm looking down. And all of a sudden into my field of vision is a foot in flip-flops. And I turn around and look up and there's a porter, you know, with, I don't know, two, three big bags, 60 oh pounds God. on his back. And he's wearing flip-flops, you know, and he's looking down at me. And it was just really That's beautiful scene because he was kind of backlit and it was just this shadow to me. I was like, oh, man. I mean, I hung my head and just <laughs> smiled at him, you know, because, yeah, yeah. we think we're tough. And when you live there, it's incredible. And that those are part of the experience as well, the people we get to meet and interact with along the way. Um, is part of the whole experience, yeah. for sure. It's interesting hearing your story. I didn't know it was kind of a uh, career change that it sounds more like was forced upon you, uh, mm -hmm. but ended up being uh, maybe a crisis that ended up being a blessing, you know, when you're yeah. forced to pivot. Totally. Um, I, I think of a quote that I read in a book uh, once, and it was um, it's a, this one guy talking to a friend who had lost his job, and he said, friend, guy, buddy, you've you just been kicked in the by a golden horseshoe, you know? Yeah. It hurts right now, but this is a great opportunity. And it would completely change your perspective. So, you know, that, that has come back to me many times uh, when I've had uh, challenges, and particularly at that point, it was like, I mean, it's hard to believe and definitely hard to, to buy into when you're right. hurting that like that. So, so let me ask you a question. I, I, I didn't know that. All I know is I've seen that, you know, I knew you had yeah. a corporate job and I thought maybe you still had a foot in that world too. So, nope. so this is all kind all, of, this is all I do. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is, well, and it seemed like you've, you've gone all in on it. So I didn't yeah. know kind of how that, how that change uh, came about. And it sounds like it was a scary time for sure. For sure. Uh, and it, and it hurts. I think it's a, it's a blow to the ego. Anytime you're in something and all of a sudden um, that can be, that can be extremely hard. Uh, and I know for, for so many of us are, our job is tied up with our identity. And I was right there. My job and, and what I accomplished was, I can't honestly say that I did value my marriage and my family more, but from a amount of thought and amount of energy, uh, the career was significantly higher. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, to to a, a bad degree, to be told that you're not worth, you're not good enough, you're not, you're you're failing, uh, was just a huge uh, blow to 
all of the time and investment and energy and sweat and tears, um, that blood, sweat and tears in different yeah. cases had gone into it, um, was, was huge and to you know, force me to reframe things, but, um, I, it didn't fix me. Yeah. yeah. That's part of who I am. How did it affect you spiritually? Um, it has been a interesting journey and frankly is an interesting journey, uh, to, uh, step away from some of the you know with the 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 job you know you work you're busy all week and then you are at home for saturday and particularly sunday and you invest in that it had there was a lot of routine to it Mm -hmm. um so now with far less routine not less busy but just less routine it has given me um time and and i don't know just a a mental framework to be open to different ways of thinking and Mm -hmm. so uh, i would say i'm in a period right now of um questioning and and uh, questioning a lot of the uh not the fun fundamentals of the christian religion but the tenets of the christian protestant religion mm-hmm. um you know i just i've been i'm confident on the fundamentals but it's those those tenets i can't think of the hmm. right word yeah to wrestle with those i i mean spending time in nepal in particular um you know getting to spend time with uh buddhist monks mm-hmm. and um uh, in, in hindu temples i mean it's incredible and and these are incredible people with a faith that is as rich as, I don't want to say mine, but at least as we see our faith. Mm-hmm. And so it's a struggle. It's a, it's a wrestling match for me to say that mine is right hmm. when I see such rich, wonderful faiths and uh, practices uh, in these other religions. Um, so... I, I, you can tell it's it's a difficult thing. Yeah. Yes, uh, they're wrong, but that just feels wrong to say. I don't know. I, I yeah, I'm, no, I'm no, wrestling no. with it. I, no, I appreciate you wrestling too, because because it, it's a it's a wonderful thing, and, and I've noticed this too because I've done an an awful lot of uh, travel and experience people who um, that I think to see the humanity of people and the the spiritual longings is a, is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and I certainly have after looking at a lot of religions and going through a phase where I was really studying world religions a lot, um, and concluding that, that I, that I do believe wholeheartedly in Christianity and yeah, by definition, you're right. It's like a a truth claim is also a claim that everything else somehow falls short of that, you know, and that's a, and that's a, a a difficult thing to say, uh, but uh, that's ultimately where I landed, but to be able to respect people and understand their views, I think is such an important thing. And I'm, I'm glad you're getting to experience that and see that and appreciate it. But yeah, I appreciate the wrestling. I had a really good conversation with a friend, uh, the other day and, um, uh, she was talking about, she's a yogi. Mm-hmm. and namaste and mm-hmm. what that means and that's the light in me sees the light in you and um she was talking about the version that is in um they use in mexico which is and i can't say the, the what it is but it's more i am in you and you are in me and she mm-hmm. was asking me about the christian faith and what's the equivalent 
And so I said, well, hmm. So I had to do some quick Googling and thinking and uh, Ephesians talks about the body of Christ, Ephesians mm-hmm. 2 and, and how we are the body of Christ. And so I was, so I thought that's kind of the, the, the comparison, yeah. you know, this union, this, com- we are tied together. And really I, I said that that uh, manifest in the phrase brother, calling each other brother and mm-hmm. sister in sure. Christ. And that's what we refer to in the church. And if we go, if you go to a really conservative church, I mean, Right, that's right. Brother so and so and sister so and so. Brother Dave, sister yeah. Julie. Yeah, uh, and it's an acknowledgement that there's a family connection there's in, a, in a sense, right? Yeah, yeah. there's a union. Mm-hmm. There's there's a shared um, commonality there. And uh, she asked me, "What do you mean in the church?" And I was like, "Well, if someone's not a believer, air quotes, then you wouldn't call them brother and sister." And and she said, "That's hard." And I said, "Yeah, I think the." Christian religion is wonderful and forgiving and loving and has a very narrow doorway. You know, we just got this one tiny doorway and you come in and it's it's all love and caring, but you know, we just we have a narrow doorway. That's a, and I think you articulated it great. Um it's interesting. I remember having a talk with my mom about this very thing, and and she said something. She said, "I think I'm a Christian because I was born in a Christian culture." Right. But she said, "I'm convinced if I was born in another nation, what I'd probably be be that religion." And so she had a very kind of universalistic view of things. And and I remember, you know, I remember telling her, I said, "Well, actually, the Christian church is growing huge in South Korea, which, you know, which, right. which is not you know America, right?" right. So, so I'm like, so I really. You know, told her I said, "Well, I'm not sure that's necessarily the case because I think the the gospel uh, rings true for for people no matter where they are." Um, but I remember telling her, and, and I heard someone say this one time. They they said, "You know, if God had given us a hundred ways to get to Him, we'd want a hundred and one." In other words, we yeah. we always want to do it ourselves to find our own way to God, but God provided one way. Now that one way is open to everybody, but you're right; it's narrow. It's it. It's through Jesus. And Jesus would agree. He said that, right? Yeah, it's that like, narrows the path. It's, 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 in, in one sense, because I remember my mom said something about narrow-minded Christians or something. I said, I said there are narrow-minded Christians. And I, but, but I was saying, but you know what? The, the, the narrow doorway is, is open to anybody, but this is the mm-hmm. way that, that God made. And um, anyway, I think, that was, I think that was hard for, for her to wrestle with. But I, I do remember vividly having that conversation with her mm-hmm. uh, when I was in college and just kind of, kind of working through that. I'll step out of the interview here just to let you know that Dave and I talked about this for a bit longer. I love the questions that his experiences raise. Being around people and cultures so different made him question his own beliefs, especially the parts that may seem exclusive. What's wonderful about this is that he sees people as God does, created in God's very image and full of worth and beauty. These are the people on whom God has compassion. Our conversation meandered a bit to sound a lot like Romans 1, where in the Bible, the Apostle Paul is laying the groundwork for his most complete statement of what faith really is and where our righteousness comes from. And I'll give you a hint, it doesn't come from us. In fact, where it comes from is something that anyone can recognize and see just in the beauty and the majesty of creation around us. In Romans 1, Paul says, quote, What may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Same thing is true on top of a mountain. I mean, you just can't 
stand there and look out and just go, we're like a tiny ant on this planet in this universe. I, I just, you can't help but feel that human uh, void that, you know, every, is there, is there a, a culture or religion in the history of humankind that did not have some type of seeking of a higher plane? Yeah. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and so it's the same thing, man. So when we're all standing up there and we've just, we've broken ourselves down physically, we're there, we're on top of a mountain or we're at the bottom of a canyon or whatever it is, it's like, wow, this is, this is big. This is bigger than us. There's something there. There's something that every religion I can think of has recognized, um, including our Christian faith. And, and there's a hashtag we use called hashtag nature face. And it's, it's a, and, and kind of from my perspective, there's a, there is a supernatural, uh, God part of it, but it doesn't have to be viewed that way. You can't fake it. And I know when all the routes that we do, I know the places where it tends to show up, it, it will surprise us at times, but you know, you come over that ridge and yeah. you can see the other valley and there's just nature face. Their faces <laughs> are lit up. Um, and you can't fake it. It's, it's very natural. It's a wonderful, uh, uh, just to see it on somebody's face or experience it. And we call it hashtag nature face. We use it on pictures and things like that. There's an interesting thing that I think sometimes gets lost in Christian practice. And, and you've kind of hinted at it and I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, and so many times we think about our spiritual lives as just this internal thing between us and God. But, you know, Paul says, I buffet my body. And, mm -hmm. uh, and in the scriptures, it says, I offer my body as a living sacrifice. And I think sometimes we, we lose that sense that our physical bodies are, are, are part of who we are mm -hmm. and an extension of our spirituality. And, and you said something a minute ago when you said when you get to a, a mountain peak and you're broken down, when your body mm -hmm. has been beaten to a pulp and you've pushed yourself, yep. it, d d does that open you up to, to the wonder of, of, of realizing your place in the universe. Tell me, tell me about totally. that because I know you're kind of, I don't, I don't know that's an adrenaline junkie. I don't think that's it. Cause you're not skydiving, right? No, not that no, you wouldn't, but no. that you, you might have that component of you, but some people really thrive off that. But I think for you, it's more the, the, the pushing of the physical boundaries sure. and how that connects spiritually. Yeah. So to answer that, I'll, I'll deviate a little bit from our top out adventures world and that in, into endurance sports and ultra running. And so that, that's where I got my background was okay. running around for a long time in the woods by myself. Um, and so I've had the opportunity to run in Nepal and in the, um, European Alps, Switzerland and Italy and the Colorado Rockies and get to do some big days out. Um, the Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim was one of my biggest days out. So when I have nothing left because of time, you know, you know, my background is in ultra running endurance stuff, going out in the woods and spending a bunch of time moving in the woods or in the mountains or in the canyons. Um, and for me, that time spent, and it's really about, there's a, there's definitely a time factor to it. It's not about going out and just starving yourself for 12 hours and, you know, exercising. It's, it's just a slow process that, um, you know, takes away the, um, distractions and, and, and your brain slows down. There's a place it's, you know, called flow. Sometimes it's called Zen. 
Um, but there's a there's a mind body alignment that can happen, and when those distractions have faded away, when we are um, broken down uh, physically, there's just a greater openness to hearing what is not necessarily uh, audible or visual. Um, and it's really obviously hard to describe, but that happens for, for me. Um, it happens, you know, in, in beautiful places and mm-hmm. taking it back to top out adventures, you know, for our friends, when we do get to the top of a high summit or whatever it is, um, those experiences are incredible, but it, there is a there is a heightening and an awareness that happens when the body's broken down. Yeah, and I I think that's something you know, um, it's it's different from what you're talking about, but even the Christian practice of fasting, exactly, um, which no, is not just, which is not something that category. that yeah that in our in our Protestant United States faith we don't practice that a whole lot. I've had a couple opportunities twice. I've done three day fasts, oh, and yeah. um. And and it's but it's that same type of thing, and I think we we sometimes miss that spiritual and body connection in our Christian mm-hmm. faith that I think is found in Scripture. And like I yeah. said, when Paul writes about you know our body is a living sacrifice, and when the the practice of fasting and all of these things that um, that really do put us in a in a in a humbling place, in a place where we're really able to to listen and hear from God, I think I think it's the same connection. And I think some Christians think you know you mentioned the 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 Zen of it, and I think for some people they think. Any any talk like that is somehow anti-Christian, and um, and and I don't know that it is in the sense that our bodies are are part of God's creation and part of who totally. we are, and um and and that that can that can become a place of spiritual growth and enlightenment even for us. It's a neat way that God has worked in your life to force your hand in some ways and say no this is uh this is what i want to do and and uh so anyway wish you all the success oh, with it and i'm glad you. to i'm glad to get the backstory on it like i said i've been i've been seeing it definitely from afar sure. but didn't know how all this came about and so yeah. it's great to it's great to hear um how this came about and, and what's been going on with it when so, you get you out the big bend i'd love to go there all right we got trips coming in the fall so. i would love to go that would be really really fun so thanks awesome. for thanks for joining us yeah. today Dave. Appreciate thank you it. all right Next week's episode will be the last in this batch that I put out this month, Uh, but it's one I'm so excited for you to hear. Um, I get together with a group of guys, and we've gotten together for more than 20 years now for a weekend guys retreat. And you wouldn't think that storytelling would become the central component of a guys weekend, but lo and behold, it has. It's interesting to hear how that has come about and what it means to us. If this podcast is meaningful to you, you can help support it by spreading the word about it. Share it with your friends. And I'd love to hear what it means to you. You can write to me, rob at thestorythatwritesus.com. The Story That Writes Us is a part of the Adult Discipleship Ministries of Custer Road United Methodist Church in Plano, Texas. You can find us online at crumc.org. We live stream our services every Sunday morning. We'd love for you to check us out if you're not in the Plano area. Otherwise, Hey, stop in for a visit. I'd love to meet you face to face. Thanks for listening.